Our scripture reading for this morning comes to us from the gospel account of St. Matthew, the 17th chapter, where we'll be reading verses 1 through 9. Hear now the word of the Lord. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they appeared to them, Moses and Elijah, talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them. And from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Like I mentioned earlier, today is Transfiguration Sunday. I write a devotion that goes out every morning uh, to folks who have signed up for it. It's called Life Track. And so I did the devotion this morning on transfiguration. And I did what is commonly held as a basic understanding of this passage, which is here we've had got this moment that Peter, James, and John know is special. They have been invited by Jesus to go up the mountain with him. Uh, and, and while they are there, Moses and Elijah appear to Jesus Moses being the symbolic understanding of the original law of the Old Testament. Elijah being the first actual prophet of the Old Testament. So here Christ is literally standing in between the law and the prophets, fulfilling both of them. And as they are doing this, Jesus is transfigured. Peter, James, and John actually get to look on Jesus and see him in his glory as he fully is, something that everybody else is going to have to wait to see. And while this is going on, Peter has an idea. And Peter starts to speak. And he says, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let us build for you three dwellings, three tabernacles is what's actually there, three tents. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And let's camp out on the mountain. Let's stay here. But the reason why Christ was showing his glory is because we're getting close to the culmination of Jesus's ministry. Transfiguration Sunday is always the last Sunday before the beginning of the season of Lent, where we start to move through a season of penance, where we talk very real about sin in our lives and about the need for a Savior, and that we journey with Christ again to the cross of our salvation to behold what manner of love this is that God has for us, that God himself would give himself for us, and to behold not only the brutality of Good Friday, but the glory of Resurrection Sunday. That can't be accomplished if they, st- if they stay on the mountain. They have to move back to the valley. That's where the work really lies. But this morning, before worship, which I'm very grateful for because last Sunday I had a different idea about a sermon in the middle of the worship celebration in the sanctuary where I literally changed the sermon and the scripture in the middle of the worship service. That made me a little uncomfortable. 
At least this one I got a clue before the worship service started, so I actually had time to think through it for a moment. I had a a different thought, and I just want to go with it for a second, okay? Now, granted, 6.45 this morning did not give me a whole lot of time to get this all planned out, but just let's have a conversation and see if maybe something I'm thinking on is something that makes sense. I'm going to stand beside... That understanding that the work can't be accomplished on the mountaintop, that we have to go to the valley, and that's where the callings lie. That's where our life is. But the thought that hit me this morning was, but mountaintop experiences are of themselves gifts of graces of God. Because doing life is hard. There's a reason why we take vacations. Have you ever thought about that? There is a reason why you stop what you're doing, pay an exorbitant amount of money to travel somewhere To get away from what everyday life is. And you know when you're going on vacation that that's not the way life is going to remain. But you need a break from it every now and again, right? Now here's the problem. I don't know about you, but I have children. I have a 14-year-old and an 11-year-old. And I have a wife. And sometimes being in a vehicle with all three of them at the same time. To travel to the vacation location and to experience some of the things that can happen when, because I'm cheap, I don't want to go to the beach and rent a four-bedroom condo. I think we can make it work with one, right? And we can put we can put a couple on the couch and one on the floor, and we can yeah. There have been times where I have come back from a vacation where I needed a vacation from the vacation because yeah, life. Right? You know what I'm talking about because you're grinning and nodding your head. Some of you guys have done the same things. And I know it's guys because the guys are the ones that are looking at me going, mm-hmm. that brings me to another point. If you are married, you know that your husbands can be boneheaded. I'm, sp- I'm speaking directly to husbands because husbands tend to be more boneheaded than wives, at least in my experience, okay? My wife has never been wrong. I know because if she had been, she would have told me so. And she has never told me that. So I know she has never been wrong. I know it's me. Let me tell you this backstory. Let me tell you this mountaintop experience, okay? When I first saw Melissa, it was across the parking lot at Jacksonville State University. And I walked up to her and I said, hi, my name is Kevin Payne. You don't know this, but we're going to get married. Yeah. I didn't have a bald spot then. I had long hair. I was about 40 pounds lighter and I played in a rock and roll band. She looked at me and she said, don't you think we need to go on a date first? And I said, if you want to do this the hard way, we can. Now, the reason why I tell you this story is because there's another mountaintop experience that's going to come about four years later. And she's going to walk down the aisle in a wedding dress. And we're going to get married. And as soon as she got to the front, I looked at her dead in the eyes and I said, see, I told you so. Now, this mountaintop experience has paid dividends because I can tell you that over the past 20 years, there has been plenty of times where I have been wrong, where I have been that boneheaded husband. Back to that original point I was telling you about, you know, where I know she's never been wrong because she would have told me if she was wrong and she's never told me she was wrong. So I know I'm wrong. 
And you know for a fact there has been times if you are in a relationship with anybody, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a parent, whether it's a child, whether it's a best friend, you know for a fact there has been at least one argument you have had with them. If it's a real, real relationship where you know standing there you're wrong, but you have already dug that hole so deep there is no way you are going to admit it, right? So let me tell you what the card that I get to play. I can't tell you the number of times I've looked at my wife and I said, you know what? I know for a fact you are right and I am wrong, but I was right when it counted. I told you so. And do you know it's really hard for her to be angry with me and smile at the same time? Because it reminds her of this mountaintop experience. You've had mountaintop experiences where you got to stop and the world stopped for a moment. You know, where everything else just kind of faded away just Just for a moment. Maybe it was a first kiss or a first date. Maybe it was a day that your child was born. Maybe it was another one of mine. The first time I ever actually played guitar in front of a live audience and they clapped when we got done. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. The first time you walked into your job, the day you graduated, there's plenty of special moments and mountaintop experiences that you've had. And I know, I know you know that we can't stay on those mountaintops. No matter how great the woman's retreat is, we have to come back from it and start to engage in in everyday life again. No matter how awesome the family vacation is, we have to come back and go back to regular life. No matter how awesome the honeymoon is, the marriage is going to take work. No matter how awesome the job is, there's going to be some days that stink. But those mountaintop experiences, those moments where the world stops, gives us a glimpse of what is really going on and what is really important. And I got to thinking, what if the reason why the Father's voice booms out to Peter while Peter is talking isn't just simply because Peter is wanting to build three tabernacles and camp out on the mountain and not go back to the valley. But what if it's because here is this moment where Christ is being transfigured in front of him. He's getting to witness Jesus as he truly is. And he's missing the moment because he's still thinking three steps ahead. He's still trying to figure out how all of this works out. He's still trying to put it into something else instead of just being in the moment. One of the greatest gifts we can ever experience, one of the greatest gifts we can ever give to another human being is, quite frankly, especially in our modern fast-paced culture, is just to be with them sometimes. To just sit. To let the world stop for just a moment. And let all of our attention be on them. To have that deep conversation. To take the time to make the phone call. To to take the time to go and visit the parent. Or to spend time with the child. Or just to sit with your spouse or your best friend. That just to be in that moment. Without any thoughts about what's coming next. And what's the next thing we've got to do. And how this connects to something else. But just to be in that moment. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Just to be with someone. And what Peter was missing was the moment. 
the moment that Christ was revealing his glory to him. The, Christ, the, the, the moment that the Christ was showing Peter, James, and John something that all the rest of us throughout history are going to have to wait to see. He gets to witness and he gets to know. He gets to know that this is truly who he says he is. And this is what he really looks like. Can you imagine that moment? And can you imagine the fact that Christ invited you specifically? There's 12 disciples. He invited three of them to come and share this moment with him. Guys, this morning, I can't transfigure in front of you. The closest thing I can do is turn around backwards and let the light shine off my bald spot. It'll, it'll, it'll make a little glare. But I can invite you in the name of Jesus Christ to just stop this, this morning. Everything that you've got going on, and I know you do, I know you're already thinking about what you've got to do this afternoon. If you've got to go to Walmart, God bless you. The car rider line tomorrow morning, I get it. Trust me, I lose my salvation at least three times a week because of the car rider line. I know you're thinking about your next medical appointment or the results of that test. I know you're thinking about an argument that you had with your spouse or a parent or a child. I know that you're thinking about all the stuff that you've got to do at work next week and the things that aren't fair with that and the stuff that's really going to stress you out. And I know that there are a hundred other things that are running through your head that I can't even begin to verbalize. But this morning in this moment, can I invite you just to, just to stop, to come to the table of grace, to end this moment, get a foretaste of glory divine. To be reminded of the glory of Christ. To be reminded that the God of the entire universe knows your name and loves you and cares for you and is with you in every other moment. And in this moment, can we just experience the glory of God and know that we are in his presence? just for this moment. And then we'll move back down the mountain. And then we'll go back to life. And all of these very important things will be there. And you will get through them. But maybe you can approach them a little differently because you spent this moment in the very real presence of Christ. So in the name of Jesus Christ, be still and know that he is God. Be still and know the glory of God. Rest in the grace of God and know the love of God. All in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey friends, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for tuning into our message this week in the gathering. We hope you found it meaningful and life-giving. As always, you're invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., either in person here in the chapel or online. If you want to know more about who we are at Bluff Park United Methodist Church, you're invited to check out our website. There you'll find out who we are, what we have going on, and how you can be 
a part of it. As always, friends, if there's anything that we can do for you, you're invited to reach out to us. We are here to help you and support you in any way that we can. We hope that you're having a great week, and we look forward to seeing you soon.